Welcome inside. This is the JSK Media Sports Podcast. It's that time of the week, the best time of the week. I'm Jonah Kligman. I'm alongside Sean Schwal. This is the podcast where we hang out, talk sports, make some picks, and are sure to play some games. Although, actually, I got to be honest here, we're not making any picks today, and I don't see us making picks for the foreseeable future. Yeah, there's not there's not much to really pick until what? NBA playoffs? Yeah, I mean, you know, we could always throw things in there, but that would just be, you know, for the lip service in terms of the intro. We could take that sure. out. But anyway, stick around. We'll catch you up on the sports world. We'll give you some fun. We're really excited to be here. Sean, this is our episode 58 for our Super Bowl 58 breakdown. How about that? That's that's crazy. That's pretty pretty good timing. As excited as I was to do this episode and as much as I wanted to do it as quick as possible because of scheduling, we had to do it today. But I think that worked out great, Sean, because I was pinching myself Sunday night. I was pinching myself Monday. I was pinching myself Tuesday. This feels like the first day where I can wake up and know that the Super Bowl wasn't a dream and that that spectacular Super Bowl actually happened. Yeah, it was, I mean, it didn't feel real. Like, that whole ending, that whole fourth quarter in overtime just didn't feel real. Even, like, the game ended when he threw that touchdown. Like, I didn't, like, feel like the game, it just didn't feel real. Like, nothing set in. Even, like, with the players, like, they scored the no. touchdown, like, nothing happened for a second. Like, everything just didn't feel real about the game. Like, it took a little bit for yeah, like, it set like, in that, like, it, it felt actually like happened. a really dissociative Super Bowl for whatever reason. Yeah, absolutely. Waking up Sunday, Sean, I, I, I know I've talked about nauseum before this, and now I will after this, how fun the Super Bowl was. I woke up on Sunday with like that, like, it's my birthday feeling. Like, like a little chip on my shoulder, a little pep in my step. Yeah, it was a, it was a great day all day. It was, Just woke it up was, happy. It was so much fun. And again, I still can't believe that was real. And all I said, all these podcasts, all week, was that I wanted a good game. And Sean, when it was tied in the fourth, I was giddy. I was like a little kid in a candy store. And it went to overtime. And I got up from the couch and I jumped for joy like a child. My my friends probably thought I was a maniac. And frankly... I think they just didn't understand how special it was. This was only the second time the Super Bowl has gone to overtime and first with the new rules, which we'll get into later. But Sean, I'm pretty sure that if you look up the definition of a broken record on the internet, it'll probably just be a recording of me saying it doesn't get better than this over and over again Sunday evening from like hour 6.30 to 7.30 Pacific time. Just getting the opportunity to see Patrick Mahomes charge down the field twice to tie the game and win the game in the fourth quarter and overtime respectfully, that's history. That is history. And he makes it look so easy. And that is why I had to tell my friends over and over, you don't understand how insanely lucky and special you are to be witnessing this right now. Yeah, absolutely. I genuinely do not think we could have imagined or dreamed a better fourth quarter slash overtime to this game. 
you know, while the first half might have been a little boring, it was a bit of a defensive battle, kind of going back and forth, and nobody really knew what to expect from the second half of that game. It was perfect. The ending of that game, honestly, the whole second half of that game was straight out of a movie. It was exactly what you want when you sit down on the couch for Super Bowl Sunday. You want to come down to the end, to the last play, to overtime. You want big moments. You want big plays. You want stuff to matter. And there was not a single play in that entire game that didn't matter. You know, usually you get to the end of games and the last two minutes tends to not matter. It's little running the ball out, taking knees, whatever it is. There was not a single play in that Super Bowl that didn't matter. That didn't make a difference towards the outcome, which is just incredible. And I genuinely could not have asked for a better Super Bowl. That's a fantastic point, Sean, and realizing that every snap mattered. And that's kind of an obvious assumption, but there there were were there any victory formations even at the end of the second half? I don't remember. I don't think at the yeah, I don't think at the second half either. And you knew, right? That it's like that first half, you're like, this is really terrible football, but you knew it was just You knew you something know, was happening. We were texting back and forth saying yeah, something's like, gonna happen. This is not gonna be a boring game for the entirety of it. Wow. I, I I'm still it's funny. I always at the end of football. I don't really have that sadness, and I'm excited to baseball. I went to bed Sunday night really sad. Yeah, me too. I felt that. It's tough. It's it's another what now? Seven months with no football. Yeah, it's this tough gray area as a baseball football fan. Yeah. It's funny because my whole life it's been baseball was the main, and football was like, eh, at least we have football. But I'm feeling a you know a teensy bit right now where. I'm sad football's over, but at least I have baseball. Like, baseball's yeah. the, you know, baseball's the second the place addition. reconciliation. Right. Let's talk about the new rules. And with the new rules and the fact that you know you're going to touch the ball, is there advantage to going second and knowing what you need to do? And there's a lot of controversy. Oh, the 49ers didn't know the rule and the, the 49ers should have taken it second and... That, that's baloney because you want to take Mahomes off the field. Mahomes just charged downfield. Your defense just had to deal with Mahomes charging downfield. And I know it's kind of this idea where you want to be like the home team in baseball and know what you need to do. And there's all this flurries how, you know, the 49ers didn't know the rules until they showed it on the Jumbotron. But that's still the right decision, isn't there, Sean? I don't think so. But in this instance... Not in general. I, I really, in general, yes. But in this instance, you really want to put Mahomes back out there? I, I do. I Listen, do I want to put Mahomes back out there? No. Obviously not. But he's going to get the ball at some point. He has to. That's how the new rules work. And I think whether you give him 10 minutes so he gets back out there or you give him 30 seconds, he was going down that field and scoring. He was. Their defense was not going to stop him. And even if they took the ball first, Mahomes gets the ball second after his 20-minute break, he goes straight down the field, most of it on his own legs, and scores a touchdown. I don't think going first or second was going to stop Mahomes, but at least you make him go first, he scores that touchdown, you're not gonna, you know you're not going to kick a field goal. You're at least going to go for it on fourth. You're at least going to try and make it. You, can, you know what you need. And I don't know if it was Shanahan 
not knowing the rules, if in the moment it got past him, or if it really this was the strategy trying to get the ball out of his hands. But I really, really do not think that it was the right decision for the Niners. And it, because, you know, even if Mahomes doesn't go, he's going to score a field goal. He's going to tie it up. You're going to get, like, it just doesn't make sense to me to want the ball first in this scenario. That makes a lot of sense. And your assertion there that, Mahomes would have done whatever it took. Well, that reminds me, in Brittany Mahomes' Instagram post for the Super Bowl, she showed screenshots of her text with Patrick, and it's him texting her mid-January saying, I decided I'm going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. He decided, yeah. Sean. Yeah, he. I mean, it's what the great ones do. The same way he decided in that last drive to score a touchdown. Yeah, I... It's one of the things that I've talked about for a while with great players in huge positions that when they need to, they will. Like, like whether there is four minutes on the clock, two minutes on the clock, or 13, 13 seconds, seconds on the clock, Mahomes is going to do what he needs to do. Especially in a playoff or Super Bowl game. He's going to do it. And that's like, I think that's really what separates the great players from the goats, from the greatest of all time. Is like when Tom Brady got the ball with that little time left on the clock, it wasn't if he's going to score. It was how. It was how or when. It, right. He was going to score. You know, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, when they get the ball with last shot, they're going to make it. It's just how. So it's really what separates the great ones in sports. It's wild to think that a year ago in our breakdown, we were looking and he had right two Super Bowls in four years. And we were looking at all his, you know, hardware on his mantle and saying, if you retired right now, would he make the Hall of Fame? And then a year later, he now wins his third in five years, his fourth appearance in five years and it's it's not a, it it's just amazing it's not even a debate and absolutely not you know i'll go into the the dynasty that the chiefs are now but this was not a juggernaut of a team this was not all year oh the chiefs are gonna win it it's just he turned it on and it's just so cool to see and talking going into dynasties now whether you love dynasties in sports whether you hate them they're still an imperative part of the sports experience and the fact that the baton got passed in the NFL so quickly from Brady to Mahomes. Just, it's insane. Like, just the fact that we have yet another dynasty, for me, is honestly really special and something I'm excited about. There's usually a lot of years in between dynasties in respective sports. Frankly, in baseball, there haven't been one since the Yankees in the early 2000s. Yeah. I mean, dynasties are incredibly rare in sports basketball it was the Warriors I, I don't know if we'll see that in the near future the fact that it, it wasn't even a baton getting passed it was like they overlapped we didn't even have time to sit back and be like oh is Mahomes all of a sudden you blink and Mahomes has three Super Bowls yeah absolutely yeah I think I think it's really time we need to just embrace the greatness of Mahomes and Reed and I feel like people keep pushing back and keep hating on on this dynasty, it truly is a dynasty, but they they feel unstoppable at this point. 
you know, you think back, you look at 2019 or you look at last year, and it felt like, yeah, this team is incredible. Especially looking back when they had Tyreek Hill, it was like, wow, this team's incredible. But it felt like throughout the season, if there was any year for the Chiefs to not win the Super Bowl, it would be this year. Didn't have the best year. Had almost no true receivers from Mahomes to throw the ball to. Kelsey looked off for a lot of the regular season. The defense had its iffy moments. And throughout the year, people continue to hate on Mahomes, hate on Reed, say this isn't the year, this isn't a dynasty, he isn't the quarterback we think he is. And yet still, we're sitting here in mid-February watching Patrick Mahomes lift up the Lombardi Trophy. It just shows that this is a true dynasty. They don't need everything to be perfect. They don't need a full, perfect 11-man offense. They can play through an injury to their all-pro left guard. They can play without true receivers or without a full defense. Because this team, having Mahomes, having Reed, having Kelsey, having Spagnola as a defensive coordinator, they are unstoppable right now. And I think we're going to continue to see that for the next five to ten years. I love what you said in there about that if there was any year for them not to, it would be this year. And if you're the Ravens and, oh, Lamar Jackson's going to win MVP. And if you're the Bills, oh, we got hot. Oh, the, you know, or last year. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, and look at the Eagles. It doesn't matter. Like, they've got to be looking around this year and being like, oh, crap. Like, yeah. This is the next 10 years we're going to be dealing with this guy. And you talking about the how the success happens for the Chiefs really reminds me of what the success looked like for Brady in New England in the sense that yeah. Edelman's not Tyreek Hill. Right? No. It was great quarterback an elite quarterback a really special tight end and a killer coach and this yeah, looks like the exact same recipe and trading guys away right chiefs traded away tyreek to build up their defense and it's paying off yeah and and it, it's that feeling that other than those two they don't need anyone right nobody else on that team is invincible Everyone else is replaceable. Tyreek Hill was as close to invincible as people thought anyone else could be. You know, even trades the Dolphins had one of the best receiving seasons in NFL history this year. But yet, he went into Arrowhead with that Dolphins team, loses in the first round, and Mahomes is still lifting up the trophy. And I really think other than Mahomes and Kelsey, no one else on that team is irreplaceable. Because they know they have a smart front office, a smart owner, and they know they can replace them, and they always have 15 to fall back on. He's just that good. It's not like they replaced Tyreek and got another power receiver. They just now no. win in different ways. Now they're just yeah, efficient they changed, and just they moved changed the, the game plan. Right. You know, they went from the huge big plays where almost every single play they had was setting up for that deep shot to almost never throwing deep shots. Just getting first downs and, and moving their way down the field. And it, once again, is accredited to how great that Mahomes and Reed duo is, that they could completely flip a game plan and be just as successful without any fallback. In all three of the Chiefs' Super Bowl wins the last five years, they've been down 10 at some point. And in their win over the 49ers in this Super Bowl, the Chiefs became the first team ever to trail four separate times in a Super Bowl and come back to win. Watching Patrick Mahomes in this game 
he plays like he's winning a blowout even when he's down in the Super Bowl with no time to spare. It is uncanny. It is unhuman. I've never seen an athlete with his disposition when trailing in huge games. Patrick Mahomes is the only NFL quarterback in the last 30 years to go 8-for-8 or better with 27-plus rushing yards on any single drive in any game, regular season or postseason. He did it in overtime in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes is now the first player in MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL history to win the championship MVP award three times in his first seven seasons. The list goes on of these stats and just what when it's I can't even articulate what it's like watching someone who's down, who's losing inside four minutes in the biggest stage. We'll get to that later. This was the most viewed telecast ever. And he looked like he was playing flag football with his buddies and was winning that flag football game. And anyone who's hating on him, I feel bad because they're going to look back and go, God, I did not appreciate this greatness. I wish I took that in more. Yeah, I mean, you read off two stats where you could go on for hours talking about the records he set through his first seven seasons as an NFL quarterback. And after the game, I, w- I was talking to my dad about exactly what you were talking about and how saying the best part of Mahomes' game is his composure. And I was comp- the big comparison is Caleb Williams coming into the draft this year has that same it factor, you know, run around the field, make crazy plays out of what seems like nothing. The difference I was making when I really think sets Mahomes apart from any quarterback I think I have ever seen play a game of football when Caleb's scrambling around the pack pocket, he looks out of control. He's flailing back and forth. And yeah, he makes it work. And a lot of times he stays up. But he's not calm. Because most quarterbacks aren't. When you have four 350-pound men running at you trying to take your head off, it's almost impossible to stay calm. But the fact that Mahomes can sit in that pocket no matter how much pressure no matter how big the moment, no matter what is happening, and just calmly jog his way through the motions, find the open guy, make the throw, and keep moving his team down the field is special. And I think it's a very underrated part of his game, and I think it's really the best part of his game. You watch a blitz come, you watch anything come at him, he backpedals, you see you see him put a hand on the offensive line a lot, just keep that distance, and even when he's running, it never looks like he's sprinting in the pocket. You know, he's just taking those small sidesteps. He's jogging out. He's looking downfield. And he is just so calm. It's exactly what you said. He makes the game of football look easy. He makes it look easy. He makes it look like he's in his backyard just playing catch when he's on the biggest stage in the sport and the biggest stage in all of American sports and is winning. And it is incredible how calm and composed he can stay in such big moments and I think that's really leads him to winning these big games and almost never losing in the playoffs is because he's just so calm there seems no change in his mind at all and it's so incredible to watch he's just it's amazing it's what really makes him special I think 
first off, I really enjoyed your comparison with Caleb Williams and then your dissertion about what sets Mahomes apart in that comparison. And you know the scariest part about Patrick Mahomes? What? He's only getting better. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and again, you watch him here and you kind of sit to yourself, you go, oh, he's been here before. This is fourth Super Bowl. He looked like this in his first one when he yeah. beat the Niners four years ago. Right? That was his came first one. Came back in the fourth quarter too. Yeah, came back in the fourth quarter too. He's 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 unreal and this is just solidified. And again, it, I, I just I just feel so lucky I got I got to watch that game and you know, I was sitting on the couch. I didn't, I've never been more tapped into a game. And it's funny, Sean. I ended up watching some TV with my friends after the game. And I was like, I've been on this couch, maybe got up twice to pee. Someone brought me chicken wings. So I didn't actually have to move. I think I got up tw- tw- twice to pee. And other than that, I was sitting on the couch for eight hours. Yeah. It's it crazy. was amazing. It's amazing. Can't ask for anything better. All right. We have some due diligence to do wrapping up. Some of our picks. I said earlier on we're going to make some picks. How about I'll we'll reconcile it by we're going to wrap up some picks. So looking Sounds at playoff good. positivity, I went 10-3 and three this playoffs, totaling up for 76 points. 91 were available. I had a really good postseason. You went 8-5. and five. That totals up for 66 points, so 10 under me. Good run. Look, you beat me in locks in baseball this summer. Beat me by a half a point in big three. But I won playoff positivity and guess who won the prop bets? Reba. Reba helped me out. Reba's a co-winner here. Uh, a, lo- a lot of fun there, Sean. Yeah, it was it was a good matchup. And I think, you know, the first couple of rounds of the playoffs really kind of screwed me. But it was a fun, that was a really fun way to pick the games. Talking about the props now, I went 11 and 6. You went 8 and 9. Just looking at some props that stuck out in a lot of our differences, I won the overall under by a point at 47. Our line was 48 which, and a half. Which is so close, which is crazy. That line is nuts. That really, I feel like that one really proves that Vegas knows everything. They, 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 they know exactly what's going on. And overtime helped me too, not just some other stuff, but getting Purdy past 231 yeah. yards because he wasn't there. He got up to 255. You know, the Wicked trailer helped me early on. Yeah, that one, that one hurt. But you got that Jennings pass there, that over two I and did. a half passers. I, I really, I was confident with that one. Yeah, so it was close, and it looked like it was going to be closer, but in the end, it was all your boy, Sean. Yeah, I mean, I do, the, the one question is, that that national anthem, the double brave at the end, she stops under and then hit and hits it again. Because it's the big stage, Sean. Reba's got to show off. That's that's terrible. That's terrible. Gotta, I was sitting there looking at the clock. What... I hear her stop. I'm so hyped. You know, won the first bet. And then she does it again. It was terrible. Do you know why? It was because it was the most watched <laughs> telecast in history. I'm going to spitball some numbers here. You know, I like numbers. Can't argue with facts. This was the most watched telecast in history. A total audience delivery of 123.4 million average viewers across all platforms. 
CBS led the way with 120 million viewers. That's the largest audience history for a single network. And this Super Bowl 58 was also the most streamed Super Bowl in history, led by a record-setting audience on Paramount+. Plus. More than 200 million viewers, 202.4 million to be exact, watch all, watched all or part of the Super Bowl across networks. That's the highest unduplicated total audience in history and up 10% for last year's Super Bowl. There's three reasons. San Francisco is a big market. The greatest talent of all time is playing in the game. And Taylor Swift. Yeah, I mean, it was a great Super Bowl. And first, between San Francisco big market and great, ta- great like, in Patrick Mahomes... It's what you talked about. People, when cheering for playoff games, always want the underdogs. But that never leads to the same viewership. Because people don't want to watch the underdogs when they're in the Super Bowl. And it's not the guys they know. But then, when you see the Niners, you see Christian McCaffrey, you see Debo and Ayuk and Nick Bosa and Fred Warner all play. And you see Mahomes and Kelsey and Chris Jones. That's what you want to see. That's who people know. Those are the biggest names in the game of football. And that's who's going to want it. And obviously, it's what Taylor Swift adds a whole another market of people who are now partly interested in football. But really, I think that great matchup leads for a great game. And the viewership shows that. I'm not going to watch. You know, these two these two teams are always in it. Oh, yeah. Shut up. You're going to watch. We know you watched. A third of America watched. Yeah. I, 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 that point's great. And, and again, I, I'm not saying that you know, I'm not saying sports leagues should rig it so the big teams are in it. I'm just saying as a fan, and of course, what you root for doesn't happen. It's not like we're voting. It's not like I'm mad at people because they're rooting for underdogs and then that's what's happening. But it's just this mindset and this narrative for these underdogs, but then no one's watching. And then you have these two big teams. Then it look what happens, Sean, when you get the two best teams. And I I don't want to compare it to the world series because it's two different sports. But when you have the two best teams, it's going to go to overtime. Point blank. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's what leads to good games. Sean, we have to kiss football goodbye. Are you, are you okay doing That's that? It. It's sad, but it's time. It's not in-season baseball talk yet, but it's spring training baseball talk now. And before spring training started, Netflix announced that they're producing a docuseries similar to NFL's Hard Knocks that will feature the Boston Red Sox over the course of this full season. It's set to premiere in 2025 and will give access to their players, coaches, and executives. Kind of reminds me of a backstage Dodgers thing, but perhaps on a larger scale. I know you loved quarterback. Would you want to see more of these? Yeah, I love them. I really think they're awesome. I love when people just get access to things that they've never seen before and you know, I think of it mostly the first one that I can really think of is The Last Dance and the whole Michael Jordan documentary and getting to show, especially a whole, you know, generation later, getting to show people, including me, what basketball was like back then, what these guys were like behind just the stats, behind the numbers. You get to see the clips. You get to see what they're talking about, what they think. I think it's awesome getting to see, you know, behind the scenes access to what happens in professional sports. I think it's I think it's a ton of fun. I completely agree. I would say this my second favorite part about the Super Bowl is in a month or two 
when they post that mic'd up video, again, getting the access to the players. I want to talk about the Angels real quick. All right. This is just a stat I saw. I just had to share it here. You know, the Angels get a lot of hate, right? Oh, they had Shohei and Trout for six years, never made the playoffs. During the four years, they were all in the Angels together. That's Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, and Anthony Rendon. The three of them for those four years, they played a combined 89 games together. That's like half a season over the course of four seasons. Isn't that wild? I I, I don't think there's even much to make of that than just, it's just really unbelievable to hear that number. Yeah, I mean, it's insane and it's, really sad you know so 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 much talent on a team and did nothing with it and they had the stars and just never really surrounded them or their stars singling out Anthony Rendon just didn't show up whether that was playing or when playing not the same player that he was in with the Nationals and it's just really sad to see a team spend so much money and really try and put it together and we're never able to even get close to making it over the hump. All right, Sean, we got to talk about something that we can't keep putting off and it's the new jerseys. And a couple years back, Major League Baseball struck a deal with Nike to move away from Majestic as their sole jersey provider. And this season, Nike took it in their own hands along with their partnership in Fanatics to create new jerseys. And they are getting a lot of hate the letters are smaller. The material is different. The Dodgers are getting a lot of notice here for a few reasons. One, they're in the limelight of all this because everyone wants to see Shohei Otani and Yamamoto in their new uniforms. But for example, the numbers on the back, they're perforated. The number on the front, perforated. The lettering of the names, it's smaller and it's curved where it hasn't before. And people are really upset but there's new technology in these uniforms. And again, people are saying they look bad quality. They look like t-shirt giveaways. They look like t-shirt jerseys. Are they bad just because they're new and the last thing sports fans want and the last thing that baseball fan wants is new? Well, I, I don't know. I, I, I do think these jerseys are bad. I, I don't like them. And I think that's it's not even they're new, dog. Because they're I new. I don't think so. Because I think that's more of a problem when people get when a team does a full change in their jerseys, like redesigns a new jersey, and a lot of people don't like them at first because of change. But this isn't a change. They didn't redesign the it's jersey. Just, they just I think made it looks clear. I I think it looks cleaner. I have I, one issue. I have one issue. My one issue looking at the Dodgers one. The second D is the split D. up. That's that terrible. looks terrible. That looks horrible. Sean, here's another question. If I asked you a few years ago who made the uniforms for baseball, would you be able to answer me? Potentially. Probably not. Now you know. Now, obviously, it's you are much more tapped into sports. I know that's a point there. I think it's also a PR scheme. Nobody, right? If they made the same uniforms, no one would talk about the Fanatics Nike deal. They make ones that people don't like, and everyone's talking about it. I think this is a PR stunt, and frankly, I think the jerseys look clean, and I think people hate change, and I think by July, no one's going to be talking about these. Well, I think by July, people might not be talking about them because 
in reality, it's still a game of baseball that we know and love. And when you're sitting, you know, 500 exactly. feet from the players. Who you're cares? Say, but, but still, if I want to go buy People a jersey. People just like getting upset. If I want to go buy a jersey, I don't want a jersey with a number printed on. It's a good I point. want that sewed on jersey. I want it to look nice. I want good, high quality jerseys. And you can't tell me that these new jerseys look nice. They look high quality. They don't. They look like a jersey giveaway. They look like they look like I haven't the seen Freddie one in jersey my mom wears. Hey, it's, don't it's, do your mom like that. <laughs> no, it's great. I'm just saying it's it's a free jersey you get at the game. These are hundreds of millions of dollar MLB players that deserve nice sewn on jerseys. But Sean, but Sean, they said they have like new sweat flex. Mike Trout says sometimes change is good. Jason Hayward said he they, he likes the material. It's like special athletic Shona, you technology. You sent me the Twitter. These guys are getting paid by the by the teams, and the teams are in the MLB. They can't just come out and start ripping the jerseys apart. You're There's cracking no me up. worse look than the best players than in Mike the game. Trout being like this jersey sucks. This jersey's terrible. Yeah, that'd be horrible. But I, listen. And I think this is a thing that is for almost every athlete at almost any level. And they want to look good when they play. You know, if you look good, you play good. It's a huge saying in sports. The players say, Sean, they feel faster in them. The players. (laughs) I would bet money that these players are getting paid money off the record of the MLB. Hate these jerseys. Because they just don't look good. They just don't. They look like a, you know, Little League Baseball jersey you get. You know, it's not the quality that we expect for MLB players. I will say, though, they announced new teams who are getting Nike City Connect jerseys. So after this season, there will only be two teams that don't have Nike City Connect jerseys. That's the Oakland A's and the New York Yankees. But do you want to guess, unless you know, who's the first team to have two Nike City Connect jerseys with their second one coming this spring? I don't. Is it, is it the Dodgers? It's, it's the Dodgers. It is the Dodgers. So the old ones just said Los Dodgers on the front and were yeah, just blue all over. Ones. I saw someone on Twitter propose incorporating how the Dodgers have different color Seating sections that look like that the ocean. That would be really cool. And incorporating the ocean, that. The sunset. That would be awesome. They, I, I look forward to these. I always like new uniforms. Yeah. I want to see them get creative here. I love new designs of uniforms, not new Me brands too. of uniforms. Okay. Okay. It's like the great, Sean, all roads lead. God, can you believe like a year ago? It was like the world base. But God, time flies. Um, but I, it all goes back to the Great Britain jersey. Oh, my God. <laughs> Same thing. What jersey are we talking about a year later? Great Britain. Great Britain. Victor Wembenyama of the Spurs has scored at least 15 points in over 22 straight games. That is the longest streak by a foreign-born rookie in NBA history. So the unhuman man we were maybe saying was a bust is proving us wrong. He's heating up. What's making Wemby special? Tell me. I mean, he's been incredible recently. 
And I think it's really him being able to showcase that almost unhuman part of him. And the fact that he's seven foot four, almost seven foot five, and can shoot and can dribble the ball and do almost anything that a point guard can do, which is just unheard of in the game of basketball. And I don't know if you saw his game Monday night, but set records again with a 27-point, 14-rebound, 5-assist, and 10-block game. That's a triple-double with blocks. And he did all of this in 29 minutes. Really? 29 minutes. 29 minutes. I mean, he is just incredible. And if he can stay healthy, if he can put on maybe a couple more pounds, and they start opening up his minutes even more, you know, think about if he can score, if he can put up that stat line 29 minutes, imagine what he could do if he starts playing those like 32, 33, 34, even up to like 40 plus minute games that we've seen from other big name stars. So he's, I really think his career is just starting and he's going to live up to all the hype. I look forward to it. I hope all that's true. Build up some strength and get some more times. All right. It's fun question time a lot of fun questions coming up are going to be related to the olympics in paris 2024 this summer it's coming i'm so excited for the olympics it's one of my favorite things about sports and it's something to look forward to you know now that football's over it'll be a lot of fun what's really special again i'm going to be sharing a lot of these facts throughout the next several weeks and months and making fun questions around it because it's really fun to talk about and they, uh, one of the special things they announced, every medal, bronze, silver, and gold, will have a piece of the Eiffel Tower in it. And four years from now, in 2028, Los Angeles will be hosting the Olympics. What piece should they put in the medals if they do the same idea? Or do you have a different idea about making them special? Since I was thinking about this question, I couldn't really think of anything else to do to the medals so just going with putting a piece of something i think i mean nothing represents la better i think just a hollywood sign they could just take little pieces off the hollywood sign and put them in each medal i think that's a really special way and probably the most iconic part of la that's a great answer that's a really great i didn't even think of that i love any time sports memorabilia includes physical items whether it be yeah, a box awesome. that you get with dirt from a baseball diamond or the rams super bowl ring a couple years ago one side of it had actual turf from sofi the other side a piece of the footballs used in that game so i always love doing this idea my idea back in i want to say 1984 when los angeles last hosted the olympics the hub and the opening ceremonies was at the coliseum and i can almost assure you they have old Coliseum seats lying around. What if they had little beats, little bits rather, of the Coliseum old red seats? In, I guess that would look tacky in a medal, and it's not the Eiffel Tower. But if we had to choose, uh, like, putting, I don't know, that's where my head went. I, you know, what the other one I just thought of is, yeah, something to do with maybe like a, like sand from the ocean, or like something about. LA the ocean that's cool kind of cool the trash from the from the Pacific Ocean yeah exactly all right you ready for the game Sean let's do it all right can you give me the last time in each major the four major U.S. sports teams have gone back to back 
Start with the easy one. Football. Oh, oh, we're not doing yet. No, not counting yes. Uh, not counting Sunday. Sorry. Not counting Sunday. Okay. Before, so before that, before that, that in football was the Patriots. Bonus points for the year. Oh, it was an early two thousands one. Two thousand four, two thousand five. You were just playing it cool. You knew that. Um, I I swear I didn't know that for a fact. Yeah, two thousand four, two thousand five. So first time in nineteen years, a team has won back to back Super Bowls. All right, you got NFL okay. pinpoint. Basketballs, the Warriors. Can you give me the two years? 2017, 2018. Bingo. Okay. All right. Major League Baseball and yeah. the National Baseball's Hockey tough League. Because trying to think back, the Giants didn't go back to back. I said it earlier in this podcast, actually. Was it the Yankees? Yeah. And it was, oh, similar time to the, to the, um, the Patriots, but a little later, what, like 07, 08? Earlier. Earlier. Was it 04, 05? Earlier. Really? Yeah. Yeah, this, I just don't know old baseball well, as much. What, 01, 02? What if I told you, Sean, what if I told you it was a three-peat? What? Really? Yeah, That's 1998, crazy. 99, 2000. Oh, wow. That's crazy. For yeah. a while in baseball. And then what, hockey? Yeah. My hockey knowledge is much, much worse than my I'll give you a football, clue. basketball, it's baseball. It's really recent. The most recent outside of the Chiefs, of course. 29th. Who was it, though? I'll give you the years. 2020, 2021. Was it the app? No, the lightning. It was the lightning. Boom. It was the lightning. Into yes. It was the lightning. From last week in Tampa Bay, yep. the double, the dual city in 2020. Yeah, it was a lightning. Right. That was a good I game, right? That. that was a good it's one. Good game. Relevant. Yeah. Did pretty well, it's, too. They're getting hard, you know, to like think of. Yeah, to think. Oh, my God. It's been so hard to think of games. I know. Uh, one day, well, I don't know. I've been using all my resources to find I the know, games. I know, right? Good, good, good. All right, you've been listening to the JSK Media Sports Podcast. Consider sharing our podcast with a friend to build up our JSK family and or give us a rating. Thank you so much for choosing JSK Media Sports Podcast as a source in your sports consumption. We'll see you next time.